You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. On the second week of Advent, we light the candle of peace. And for some, this season brings a blur of activity and a season that's meant to be a season of peace. And it's a season of anything but peace. Maybe reflecting on why we celebrate Christmas can help. Why do you celebrate Christmas? Well, this is our theme. God is now here. And for, for, for me, this is why I celebrate Christmas more than anything else, is because God is now here in Jesus. And this, this, this theme, this idea comes from the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. Isaiah 7.14 says, Behold, the virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel is a, it's a title used to identify the Messiah and literally translates as God with us. So Jesus, Jesus shows us that God is not out there, up there, somewhere somewhere else, but that God is now here. And so today we're in the Christmas story on uh, Matthew chapter 2. So I'd invite you to grab a Bible and join me in Matthew chapter 2. Last week we looked at Matthew 1, and if you, you haven't checked out that sermon, I I, I, uh, I suggest you go on the podcast and go back and check out Matthew 1, uh, where we talked about Joseph, a messenger of God, appeared to Joseph in a dream and told him that Mary would have a son by supernatural means, and his name would be called Emmanuel. His name should be Jesus, and this is the one that Isaiah had Isaiah had prophesied about. So now we find ourselves in Matthew chapter 2 as the story continues. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men, Armagi, from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, and was, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the ruling cities of Judah. For our ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people Israel." Then Herod called for a private meeting with his wise men, with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. And then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Our big idea for our time together today is God doesn't provide just so that you can be provided for. God provides so that we provide to others. Let me say that again. God doesn't provide just so that we can be provided for. God provides so that we can provide to others. So, so the idea that God provides... And we know our, our, our big theme for today is peace on the second week of Advent. Um, so, but what else does God really provide? Well, God provides love. 
God provides love. Um, I think of myself sometimes I, I go out shopping and, and I try my best to shop for Christmas gifts for my family and then I see something that's really great. Oh, I think that would make a great present. You know who would like that? Me! And I kind of have a Grinch moment. Maybe you've had a Grinch moment as well when you're out trying to do some Christmas shopping. But if, if we ask our kids what they want for Christmas... What might they ask for? I know my kids, they're going to ask for video games. They're going to ask for a new toy. They're, they're, they're going to ask if it's possible. Could we have snow? Uh, <laughs> and here in, in, in central Louisiana, it's not probable. It is possible, but not probable. They'll have snow. But ask those kids, I might ask my same kids, or ask yours in 20 years, what, it, what meant the most to them. And the video games and toys and snow will probably all be forgotten, but what will be remembered are the memories of the time spent together. That's where the love is. That's where we find the peace on reflecting on those kind of moments. The Magi, the wise men, came and worshipped Jesus because this was God doing something new, providing the love of being included in his family to all people everywhere. This is new. And in Jesus, God provides the love of a family to all. See, the, the birth of Jesus announces to the world that the special relationship that God that once God reserved for the children of Israel is now provided for all people. Through that special relationship that we read through in, in what we call the Old Testament, it's that special relationship between God and the children of Israel. It was a precursor. It was a it was a pre- preparation for. It was the advent uh, for what was to come, and is now provided through Jesus for all people. 1 John 3.16 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. See, this is, this is definitely a reckless love. Now, our God is the God who provides love to us with, with the intention that we provide that same love in the same way as Jesus did, even unto the least of these. So we provide the love of God to others when we gift them. And when I'm speaking of gift them, I'm not talking about the things we go buy in the store. Those are great, and especially if they're meaningful or really speak to that person's personality. But when we provide the love of God to others, we gift them with attention, with affection, and with approval. We gift them with attention. One of the biggest weaknesses is the ability to focus and, and listen. And, and, and are you tracking with me? I mean, really, are, are you focused and listening right now, or is this just background noise? It, it's, it's missing in so many of our relationships, and especially to those in our culture that, that deems less than. But when we gift someone with attention, what we're really saying to them is, I see you. You're, you're not invisible. I see you. And then we provide love to God, of God to others when we gift them with affection. May your home be full of love. May your workplace be full of love. May your school be full of love. May the place you go shopping for, for your Christmas gifts be full of love. And may it be provided by you as an overflow of God's love uh, for you. Because when we gift others with affection, what we're saying is, I see you and I care. I really care about you. I care about you in a way that, that's meaningful here. And, and we, we provide the love of God to others when we gift them with approval. Approval. Now, I'm not talking about approving of bad behavior, uh, like, like just overlooking things and, and approving of things that, that God would, in his Holy Spirit, direct us to not approve of. What I'm saying is, what if we looked, at, looked for everyday ways to encourage our spouses, our, our kids, our, our parents, our grandparents, our grandkids? What if we looked for everyday ways to encourage our coworkers or our teachers, our students? Or what about each other? 
This is, this is what it means to gift others with approval, to encourage them with everyday ways to say, you know what, you mean something to me. You matter. You matter. See, our, our God is the God who provides love and expects that we do the same. And God also provides life. God provides love. God provides life. I think of, of, of this time of year, uh, folks who have their birthday, and I, I even have some. I have a couple of friends over the years whose birthday is actually December twenty fifth, and they kind of play it off like, "Yeah, I get to share a birthday with Jesus." So I, you know, it's kind of great. On the other hand, I feel like <laughs> if my birthday was close to Christmas, or especially if it was on Christmas Day, I would feel like what a rip off. Like. If my birthday was anywhere in December at all, I'd be like, what a ripoff, man. Uh, because, you know, you, you uh, for the rest of us, you know, my birthday is in March. The the, the newness and the, the grandeur of all the Christmas gift giving and exchanging and stuff is over by March. And so there's it's like another, like a special Christmas just for me. <laughs> That's kind of how it is. And so I feel like it would be kind of like, man, what a shame if I was born in December. Now, if your birthday is in December, hopefully, hopefully that the rest of us can acknowledge and, and show some grace to you and sort of provide a little peace for you in this season. But how many times do we think we have life figured out only to discover that what we actually have is a ripoff? Like, if my birthday was in December, I would think, man, what a ripoff. But so many times we think we've got life figured out, and then we realize, man, what a ripoff. What, what the Magi discovered in the house in Bethlehem was more than, than a child, was more than the fulfillment of a prophecy. What they found personified in Jesus was life, not a ripoff but authentic life provided by God through the most humble of hosts, a child. And not just any child, the child, El Nino, <laughs> the one born to bring love and life to a selfish and lifeless world. John fourteen six, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, real life isn't about all the stuff you can collect or how many things you're able to mark off your bucket list. Real life is about hope. Real life is about joy and peace, which we have through Jesus. So how do we embrace this life that God provides? Well, first of all, seek the real thing. When we know that there's so many non-authentic versions of life out there, a ripoff, seek the real thing. The Magi came seeking the one they had heard about, the one born to be king, the one born to be the savior for the world. Why were they seeking him? To worship him. They, they weren't seeking anything but an opportunity to worship Jews, Jesus. This is the real thing. What are you seeking? Are you seeking the perfect gift or the, the perfect meal, a white Christmas? Or are you seeking opportunities to say a kind word, to offer a smile, to, to a hug even? And I know in this 2020 Christmas, maybe hugs aren't the best idea. But what about a simple hello? And are you seeking opportunities to worship Jesus and to love your neighbor? So seek the right thing and then give the right thing. Give the right thing. In response to who Jesus is, the Magi give gifts. Now, these are specific gifts. Gold. Gold is, is, a, is, is considered a gift for a king, and Jesus is the king of kings. Frankincense. And this is a type of incense used by priests, and, and Jesus is our high priest. And myrrh. Myrrh is a fragrant 
ointment used to anoint the body for burial, which is a strange gift to give a child. But Jesus was born to die. God provides authentic, abundant life, and we must do the same. The perfect gift is love. It's, it's kindness. It's hope and, and forgiveness. It's peace. In this way, we gift others with life. See, our, our God is the God who provides love and life, and God provides light. Truly, you can remember this. God provides love and life and light. A number of years ago, when, when my son Christian, who's now an adult, was, was, a, was, in, was in school, he had been learning about the speed of light in science class. And we had this conversation, and I remember this because I, I, I wrote it down, and I've used it in sermons uh, regularly, so I have note of this conversation. And, and so I actually looked up the speed of light, and, and we were talking about this. And the speed of light is 186,282 miles, 698 yards, 2 feet, and 5 and 21, 127th inches per second. Now, I don't know if you caught that. If you didn't, just Google it, the speed of light. But, but, but what Christian said in our conversation was, Hey, Dad, light is just like Jesus, except it never became human and didn't die on the cross for all our sins. What he's saying is light is so fast, it, it appears to be everywhere. When the light is on, it's everywhere immediately. You flip on a light switch, it's everywhere immediately. It fills up the room. He's like, that's how Jesus is. Jesus just, he just, you don't see him going the speed of light. He just is everywhere. Light is like Jesus, but it never came, never became human and didn't die on the cross for all our sins. What is it, what does it mean to you that Jesus is the light? When we say Jesus is the light, and sometimes we'll say Jesus is the light of the world. What does that mean for you? You see, darkness is the absence of light. But light is not the absence of darkness. Light is the presence of itself. Light is presence. Darkness is absence. Is, is, is it any wonder that darkness is equated with, with emptiness? If I'm feeling empty, if I'm feeling empty, what's missing? Well, light, that's what's missing. <clears throat> I believe that the experience of the Magi was about more than curiosity. I believe they were drawn to Jesus because he was the light of peace that they were looking for. The light calls to us. The light beckons us to come. In Scripture, darkness is often uh, represents separation from God. And light often represents connection from, with God. So we have darkness, a representation for separation from God. And we have light, which is a representation of a connection with God. And in this context, Jesus says, John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the connection. If you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness. You won't be stumbling through the separation because you will have the light that leads to life. And then in John 12, 46, he goes on and says, I have come as a light connection with God to shine in this dark world, this this, this separated from, from, from God world, so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in darkness. Put your trust in the connection of Jesus, and you no longer remain in the separation of darkness. See, the prayer isn't, God, make things go smooth for me, or, or God, don't let me experience any pain. We may pray those prayers. I know I have. But the prayer is this. God, keep me so connected to you in this marvelous light. Shine on me. Shine in me. Shine through me that no matter what goes through, I stay connected to you. Because God is the God who provides light. I can now live wide awake and fully alive. Which means I live my life shining the light of hope, bringing peace to others. 
Listen to Matthew 5.14 in the message paraphrase. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. You see, Jesus had said, I am the light of the world, but now he's speaking and says, you're here to be light. So speaking to his disciples, speaking to his followers, speaking to you and to me. Bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be oh, By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Think about all the ways God provides light in your life. Through Jesus, through others, through a baby's laugh, through a grandparent's smile, through a random simple act of kindness from a stranger. As God uses all these and more to provide light in your life, His desire and plan is that you reflect that light to others. God provides light so that we all shine. Our God is the God who provides. He provides love and life and light. And God doesn't provide just so that you can be provided for. God provides so that we provide to others. So what is your next step? I challenge you to join me this week. Take this next step and intentionally look for opportunities to bring peace where it's needed. Maybe you're someone who's like, I don't like conflict. I don't like to get involved. Maybe, maybe this week, God is leading us to be the bringers of peace and intentionally look for opportunities to bring peace where it's needed. God, we thank you that you have brought peace where it's needed. Because, Lord, we need peace. We need peace in our lives, in our, in our, in our world. We need peace with you and with one another. And through Jesus Christ, and through the, the strength that comes from your Holy Spirit, and through the encouragement that comes from these words that we read in the New Testament, that, Lord, we have peace. And for those this today who are struggling and, and, and would say, you know what, Steve, I don't have that peace. Lord, we pray peace over them. Lord, I pray in this very moment that those hearing this sermon, that those connecting with, with, with you through this, 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 this word of God, that Lord, that, that peace would just would be over them today. That you would comfort them and, and draw them into your arms of peace, Holy Spirit of God. Because Lord, this, is, this world many times has us in situations where there is no peace. But Lord, we have experienced this and we know that where your presence is, where we are connected to you, the peace is there even when all around us seems to be going to hell. And so Lord, we thank you. We thank you and we praise you for being our peace. And now we say yes to taking the next step. And this week, Lord, we're praying, I'm praying now, Lord, opportunities to be peace, to speak peace, to show peace in the midst of someone else's storm. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AwakenChurchLA.